0: Hello and welcome to How to Win the Lottery Season 7 Graphic Content, A Stereos Polyp by David Mazzuccelli. I'm Joey Lewandowski.
1: Uh, it is your boy Shreds. Hey Shreds, how are you? I'm okay.
0: This is a good book. Another one. Another, on, on this season of Things We Call Life.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about how the... Um... This module being defined by medium as opposed to content mm-hmm. has made for a string of like vastly yes. different books. Uh not only what's in the books, but aesthetically. Because the if if you look at the um the last three that we've done, Bitterroot, uh this one summer and this, not only is the content wildly different, but the um you know, the art is wildly, yeah. wildly different and, and the art informs the story in such a specific way, whether it be the sort of bright colored violence of Bitterroot or the, the black and white uh, sort of slice of life nature of, uh, you know, the beach town in this one summer or this, which is much stranger uh, geometrically defined sure. right? like oh, there's, yeah, a, there's yeah, a lot of yeah, like yeah. like very clean yes. line drawings yep. and and the form isn't like there's a lot a lot of blank space on mm-hmm. every page mm-hmm. and the colors are uh um you know it's not black and white like i guess black and white you would say is like binary as far as color is concerned but it's it's like using uh colors in a unique way in that um there's rarely more than two colors on each page and those colors like sort of dictate mood and and also form because like the the present day has the yellows yep. and then the past has the blues and it's um there's something very very interesting ab- about this and and like something that interests me is that it i guess the art Um, It's all one guy, right? I think the only name in here is David Monticelli. Yeah. So it's like you can see that it's like this is not a collaborative book. No. You can like he is like the art is married to the to the content uh, directly like from a single brain, which is um, we'll we'll come across that a couple times this this year. I mean, Junji Ito is like that as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think um, Prison Pit. Prison Pit will be like that for sure. Um, so it's like th- there's such a distinct difference between the collaborative nature of things like Seeds, Bitterroot, Kingdom Come, and and stuff like Asterius
0: Polyp. We record these in order, so we haven't gotten here yet. But the next two are also, I think, wildly different in both exactly what you're talking about, like the, st- the sort of structure and the style and the color and the tone. But we have Kingdom Come and then Prison Pit. And then I don't know what Ragnarok looks like or feels like. I feel like that might be similar to some stuff, but like... Yeah. But it feels like Kingdom Come is like going to be different and then Prison Pit well, is going to be different. Kingdom
1: Come and Prison Pit are, are su- like the the difference in art between those, these like sort of uh, fine art oil paintings versus uh, Johnny Ryan's like violent cartoonism yeah. is like such a stark contrast. So
0: this was, I looked up a little bit about the publication for this because I didn't know anything about it. So David Masicelli... His wife, Richmond Lewis, they put together this thing called Rubber Blanket, uh-huh. which is a comics anthology magazine. And so I guess while they were making that, he had this idea. And it would have been like an entire season of that. So they just did this as a separate thing. Yeah. But there's a funny thing. And there's a quote he has. Because if you look, so the, it's all about architecture. And I want to get back to what you're talking about in terms of like the aesthetics. I think there's a lot here. But I was wondering, because I got this from the library. And there's, like, the book, right? And then the dust jacket is, like, shorter than the book. And, like, it's kind of weird and, like, looks like it's wrong, right? Yeah. But he said the, the – it Wiki calls it an architectonic design design. That eludes to themes of form and function, blah blah blah. And then they, they asked about like why did you do this, and he said, quote, "It's the most frustrating package I could come up with." So, <laughs> so
1: he just like, "I'm gonna make something A man after annoying, my own heart.
0: annoying, and difficult because <laughs> because that's what I want to do." You know,
1: like uh, uh, to, to let's let's give some some. Uh, insight into our lives outside of, of this podcast, oh. which is that we do this insane bracket thing. Oh,
0: <laughs> I thought you were, okay. There's another thing about this podcast that I thought you're going <laughs> to refer to as well. Yes, but please. Go. We
1: we do this insane bracket thing where we we have, in like our very, very small group of friends among a larger group of friends, we have done a 64 band bracket where we create- 68 band, even 68 yeah, band mm-hmm. bracket where we, we each like craft playlists for the bands that we've drafted and then those playlists go up against one another and then we all vote and then they move on to like you know you know how much madness brackets yes. work um or maybe you don't because sports
0: then, guys don't really cross over with other stuff but yes keep going and,
1: and then uh uh our dear friend uh like sort of nailed me down with this w- when uh, the Harry Nilsson bracket came out, which is he he says like it's something that's good, but then also intentionally annoying, <laughs> <laughs> and he it like felt like someone was putting a sword directly through my heart. He he so like nailed such a specific kind of art that I like where it's like it's like oh like this is really good, but like is it too good? Should we do something to make it more difficult for the people who are consuming this mm-hmm. art? And the answer is yes. I mean, that that's the shit that I like. Well,
0: what I thought was very – what I thought you were going to say about this podcast was, you know, we're reading – like, we're not – like, we're ahead now. But typically, we will mop, map, map out a module so that, like, it's an average of, like, 30 or 40 pages a day across right. the 10 mm-hmm. books, right? Yeah. And in there is usually one or two difficult books that we, like, take a, a couple of weeks – more than the like, two weeks to read or whatever. This, because graphic novels read more quickly, we're ahead of the game. And I'm like, oh, we can take a couple months off. And you're like, what if?
1: (laughs) What if instead we just do a really difficult module? And I'm like, what if we don't do that? yeah what if what if instead of taking three months off to relax and not like and read for fun a little bit but maybe like I can catch up on schoolwork you can catch up on other whatever, stuff other whatever mm-hmm. you want to do what if instead of that we did a 10 book module of the 10 most of, difficult of, of, books, of books that are ever. like between 800 and 1200 pages long that you really need to give about a month each and then and then eventually by the time we get to the end of that module we'll actually be behind on things <laughs> And then I was like, no. This idea has been rejected.
0: Also, (laughs) I love the idea, but also it's not fair to you, the listener, who like suddenly is just like, oh, so I have two weeks to read whatever, right? Like. Yeah, Gravity's Rainbow or something. Boy. But yeah, I mean. But that is you define yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, is very funny. He,
1: he. Yeah, he. As much as I loved this book, I love it more now that I know that he's making it more difficult. On Just purpose. like a curmudgeon,
0: kind of. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Um. In terms of the design, and I, it's it's radically like I was sort of a little surprised. Do you know when this was published? Two thousand one, two
1: thousand two, two thousand
0: nine. Oh, okay. Um, but reading this, I I would have guessed for I any mean, of I don't know like eighties or nineties. Mm-hmm. Reading this felt very much like understanding comics.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's a uh, yeah, there's definitely like a DNA shared between them. And
0: I think there's a lot of different things, and I don't know if I have the vocabulary to articulate why, but I think the the space, the 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 empty space, and the different like the actual like lettering, and I think the different the different styles, and like actively trying to be different from chapter to chapter, page to page, whatever, felt so very Scott McCloud to me, and I'm like, this is. Like I don't think what what did kind of throw me is that, you know, understanding comics like we talked about in the intro episode teaches you how to read books and like how to appreciate like, you know, left to right and whatever. Here, what was really throwing me every single time I never even caught on to it by the end, like I never figured it out, but like he would have like big text next to little text. Mm -hmm. And my brain would read, and it's like, no, you're supposed to read all the big text first, and then the little text. Yeah, yeah. But like, it looks like if you're reading, it should go like big word into little words into uh-huh. more big words. And she's like, no, you got to read down. Oh, so you're so
1: you like, what is what is going on here?
0: What is he saying? Because I was like, I, my brain is just like, keep, read left to right. And it's like, no, you got to read top to bottom, and then left <laughs> to right. And it's just like, whoa, Okay,
1: yeah, um, yeah, right. It was cool, but it's also like. Are you just fucking with us? Yeah. And maybe, maybe. No, I think, yeah, I mean, that, that seems like an yeah. intentionally mm-hmm. difficult mm-hmm. way to present text on a page. Um, yeah, there's some other stuff that's that's weird here uh, about the art. I mean, oh, okay, so, so with the Scott McCloud stuff, it's yeah. like, it, it is also like a single person narrating directly to you almost. Yep. And there's formal inventions like he's... The twin is following him and the twin is like – and you see the outline of the twin, which is actually identical to the drawing of the It Follows design for a TV t-shirt that I sent you. So another – you're you're getting getting so many peeks behind the curtain in this episode,
0: but I buy too many t-shirts from all these different horror sites. And a movie that I love that all these sites also love is It Follows. And in spite of the fact that everyone loves this movie that has, like, pretty clearly defined, like, themes and stuff, all the art is trash. Yeah. It's bad. Mm -hmm. And so Shred's over here doodled a mock-up in, like, 30 seconds, and it basically is Asterios and Ignacio Apollo.
1: It was was a drawing of Micah Monroe running, like, with, Mm -hmm. like... Fear on her face. Mm-hmm. And then in the background, instead of seeing the monster following her, you would see like an outline, to in, like a, a dotted outline yep. to indicate that there yep. was an invisible thing, mm-hmm. like chasing after her. Yeah. yeah, it was a good design. And and I'm, I feel it justified now that <laughs> he's...
0: Absolutely. <laughs> so this book is all about... Sarah's Polyp is an architect who seems beloved, but he's also... A, a paper architect is important. Because it's he's a, never had yeah. a building...
1: Made. Mm-hmm. So he's he's uh, a essentially a conceptual artist whose art has never entered into any kind of public consciousness. He's recognized academically, but and is a very popular and successful artist academically, and probably is paid for those designs, but his designs never. Have been seen by the public or constructed in any real way. Sort of the same way that there are beloved screenwriters who make entire livings, and you never—they've right. never, never had a film or television program made, but they're like they still make a good living as a screenwriter yeah. in Hollywood, which feels insane to me. Right. But he's also a
0: professor, and he also yeah. is like this kind of womanizer, and uh-huh. seems successful in most things. Although, yeah. also at the same time, unsuccessful, unfulfilled. Failing in many ways. Yeah,
1: it, it seems it's very similar to it to a uh, like a, a Philip Roth constructed narrative in in that you have this academic who who lives an intellectual life and that intellectual life uh, is sort of placed next to a more like carnal base life that he can't really access or can't understand and and can't like anticipate or consider other people's needs because he's like sort of coldly intellectual and everything Mm -hmm. is about like dissection and turning words around and phrases and having something smart to say and come back that he doesn't realize that like what's needed in certain circumstances is warmth or empathy or silence yeah or or like you know He doesn't need to continually show how clever he is in all circumstances. This actually, I was trying to
0: figure out which one, which book we covered this module that remind like the protagonist is very similar, I think, to the Junji Ito to the No Longer Human Mm -hmm. because it's like this guy beds all these beautiful women and he's so talented. Look at this, he's he's an arc. Isn't that a cool job? Like at the end of the day, like he's he's alone. He winds up alone, although doesn't really wind up alone. But like
1: we talk about him as a womanizer, he's really it's only just the one. He only has his wife. No, but there 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 are are
0: like little montages or whatever. But like it's also like every three years he's a different woman. Like they all like he's in bed with them but like he also like puts his foot in his mouth or whatever so like it's not like Mm -hmm. it's not like no longer human where it's it's seemingly like three or four different women in the the course of like a summer or whatever oh so the other thing in terms of the narrative is that it is somewhat largely partially unclear to the extent narrated by ignacio polyp his identical twin brother who died in the womb Mm
1: -hmm. which is a like fairly old trope Right, mm-hmm. this this idea of the of the dead twin that is haunting the the living sibling. Do you know that Elvis, Elvis Presley? Yes, I do. Do 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 you know there's a book about that, a novel about it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's also like a September 11th novel, I think. Somehow, really? Yeah. When well,
0: I told you the key, I was going to say like, could we do a module? I don't want to do this of books about actors and stuff that we've covered in other shows on the network, and then. It just you mentioned nine remi- eleven. I will remind you once again because I will bring it up every single time. The Keanu Reeves documentary I watched where they blame nine eleven on Keanu. <laughs> um, what they
1: blamed it on? They blamed nine eleven on Keanu. You
0: don't remember this? I told I you they on blamed
1: this- something sad about Keanu and 11 No,
0: they're like he went through an unspeakable number of tragedies. Like his his. Sister got sick. His wife died, or whatever. Girl, yeah. whatever. And then, then nine eleven.
1: Yeah, but that's not blaming it on him. That's saying that it's another, tr- it's another tragedy that happened within his life.
0: But it happened to him, basically. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. The only, I mean, the only person we can really blame for nine eleven is Mark Wahlberg. He should have been on a plane. Yeah. I love this book. I do too. Um, this might be my favorite one we've read this season. Oh, I love it. I love that that's true for you because it feels like because of this one summer is my favorite book, mm-hmm. and and that feels like a reversey. Right. Doesn't doesn't it feel like yes. this would be my yep. favorite book and mm-hmm. that would be your favorite but book. But we both love both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like the this like uh slice of life innocent book about about uh childhood during one summer and and like uh it's a coming of age story and it's all about like human warmth. And, and this is about difficult and, men being difficult. Yeah, and this is about like cold intellectualism, the the idea of creating this world of of, of binary. Although there is I'll say I'll say this. There is a moment in this book that is so sweet and touching that like I I don't know. It's as sweet as anything. Which and it's one? it's when he builds the treehouse. Oh, because it's he finally like, builds a building. Because he's never built anything. Yeah. And then when he does build something, it's so meaningful because he's doing it for this kid too. And it's just like, and he creates it and it's like, you know, he never these people don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. He's just like a guy at their house. That's a, but they
0: can tell he's a good guy.
1: Like there's a lot of yeah. He's yeah. working as a mechanic. Mm-hmm. He's he, he he like has these like fairly intellectual conversations about things like Marxism and and other stuff with both uh, uh, the the the
0: mechanic uh, and his astrologer wife.
1: Yeah, and then this kid who's in a in a punk band. Um, and 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 uh, like he built he builds a treehouse for for the kid, and he is. It's the first time that anything that he's ever like conceived, and he doesn't even conceive it. He, yep. does, he doesn't like design it or anything. He looks at the design, and oh, it kind of sucks, right? But but what's important about this is that we see in his in his personal relationship. That he is always taking over, especially mm-hmm. in like intellectual things. He's taking over conversations and he like has to impose his aesthetics on his relationship, on like all the people around him. He's a dominant academic force. Um, his wife is is like, you know, uh, rightfully nails him for being uh, narcissistic. Yep. And he looks at this guy's design and this is entirely his wheelhouse. And he could I And mean, this guy has no idea. He could take it over yeah. and be like, look, we're gonna do this. Like and he doesn't. He just builds the design as the guy. The guy wants hands him a
0: piece of paper and just like, I'm gonna put some windows there. And he just goes. Looks
1: yeah. good. Yeah. And there's something so so great because it's like it shows character growth in a mm-hmm. really in a really beautiful way. But it also shows him like moving outside of the intellectual world into the physical world where he actually gets to create something with his hands rather mm-hmm. than... He, he becomes not just a paper architect, but someone who actually builds something. Yeah. And there's something uh, really touching about that to me.
0: There's also a very nice moment at the end. So the story tells, you know, we get a lot of his marriage to this woman, Hannah, and then it's also in modern day as he's, you know, his his apartment burns down, right? I mean, yeah, he's he, struck by lightning. He just leaves. He's just like, where can I get for this amount of money? And he winds up in the middle of nowhere, And becomes a mechanic and moves in with his family and, like, grows as a person, whatever. But at the very, very end, you know, and he also gets divorced. Like, you see, like, the rise and fall of the meeting and the marriage and the divorce of him and Hannah. And at the end, he, like, goes back to her place. Like, it it ends here. I, I, I was like, I really like this book, but I hope it, like, ends in a way that, like, nails it. And he gets to their house. And I just love the way the text bubbles, which I have more to talk about the text bubbles, like, they're, like, interweaving. Yeah. With one another, like they're just like so excited, like they're they picked up like where they left off or whatever. And she's still alone because she never met anybody like him, and he's still alone and whatever. And I'm and then again character growth. She's just like, let's just sit here quietly for a while. I was like, okay. And I'm like, this is so nice. And then you turn the page and there's a fucking asteroid. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And then there's like a two page little coda where we go to the treehouse. Yeah. And we see the parents and the little kid. And they see a shooting star, which they don't know. I guess like that story seems big enough. That's going to like destroy the earth, yeah, end all life, yeah. And like, ooh, shooting star, and that's
1: sweet too. But I loved
0: just like it's. I think it stuck the landing and nailed the landing.
1: Well, it's also it's indicative of of like uh, you know he may have changed, but it's like it's still a disaster. Mm -hmm. Like if they get back together, it's like they have this sweet moment. But if it Mm -hmm. continues, it might it might be a disaster
0: or like he finally changed but for what because they're all going to die anyway yeah right?
1: right that's that's a yeah
0: but one other thing so in terms of the text bubble I really liked and I can't imagine how difficult it is that every single character has a different text bubble and shape and font yeah. and style and I'm uh-huh. like this seems again so needlessly difficult but very cool and it
1: matches like you 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 really get a sense of of the way those characters mm-hmm. speak based based on them
0: um, you know like Asterius is like is like kind of basic I and mean, you realize like compared to everybody else like oh no you're kind of like blocky and annoying
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also something and about rigid. Him, um that it like rem- – his drawing, the drawing of him reminds me of like classic New Yorker art. Mm, hmm And you see him, I think, exclusively in profile. I think so. So like that's weird too. And then sometimes it moves you away from the typical line drawing of him to show you – like the geometric yes uh pre like art like that's sketched out to create this person
0: as he's sort of like as he and hannah are fighting like that happens yeah. right yeah i also like you know in terms of the profile thing toward the end when he's at the kids punk show and there's just a guy like saying like this the this, this slur f yeah, word yeah. at him and then he bashes a bottle over his head and Asterios loses an eye and i'm like are we never gonna see it they're like you see the i'm like because the next like 10 panels are him with his good eye, yeah, and then all of a sudden, like you know, his head flips. I was, I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, wild though. Well, yeah, here, like him and like them fighting, and like she kind of becomes differently yeah, drawn she's, as she's well. animated
1: as red in that, in like his blue world. Like mm. the blue gives gives you like a cold tone to everything,
0: but they're but they're alike, right? And then when mm-hmm. she finds out that there's cameras, she turns red, yeah, and it's combative and he turns into the sort of the, the doodly shape.
1: Yeah. That's pretty weird. The camera stuff is weird. But like
0: she explains and then she, what I liked about that, yeah, is when he explains to her why he's been filming his entire life because of Ignacio and whatever, she like gets it immediately and she's like, oh, just like the emperor in China and then that's dropped for like 150 pages. Yeah. And then finally it's explained. But I'm like, are we ever going to learn? Mm-hmm. And then of course we do. But like they he comes back to it in a way that's very smart and very interesting.
1: Yeah. There's also a, like if you look at the cover, mm-hmm. there is a 3D glasses kind yes. of vibe to, to to a lot of it um, where it like uses these overlapping colors that if you could remove one, I, I don't know. I, I don't know like what the ultimate effect is, but there's something about it that creates this. Also, it's it's got like a very like period piece uh, uh, lettering and stuff you sort of come, like 60s ish, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you come to understand it as a kind of pop art,
0: which that's why like it coming out in 2009 makes sense, but also doesn't make any sense to me. Right. Cause it's just like this, it feels like it, it's not when this should have come out, but also like this, this exists again, going back to it follows uh-huh. like that movie exists outside of time. Yeah. This seemingly exists outside of time. Like the only yeah, like, weird yeah, yeah. kind of technology is like the solar
1: car. Uh, uh-huh. yeah, but this could be in the forties, fifties, sixties, doesn't matter
0: it's just a guy you it's like an intellectual and then she's doing like art yeah the only no. thing
1: the you know you know what dates it a little bit is but even even not i mean it could this could be over a 40 year period is him expressing admiration for the design of the world trade center mm. um which is interesting cuz i guess that was a it was it was derided i yeah, guess yeah hevi- heavily mocked cuz i guess it is incredibly simple um but he loves that there's two
0: yeah yeah which also felt weird that it came out after 9-11. Uh-huh. But that took place before, like, yeah. that era, whatever. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you always have that sense of, uh, it's interesting. No, Like, no matter what, there is art that came out after 9-11. And even actually, in, in retrospect, the stuff that came out before 9-11. But specifically, like, th- there is an intentionality to the inclusion of the World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that oftentimes pushes back against th- the entire tone, aesthetic, anything of of the film itself. I remember watching or or any piece of art. I, I but I, but I said film because I'm thinking specifically of the movie The Whackness. Have you ever seen The Whackness? No, I know about not it. not a great movie. Okay, but it it like kind of ends with Josh Peck sitting on a bench looking at the World Trade Center, and it's like. Man, that's not what this movie is about at all, but you just made this movie about that. Does that come out after 9-11? Yeah, but it's a period piece that takes place during the 90s. Got it. Because it's about, like, 90s hip-hop. And, and, like, it's so interesting because the decision to include it is a conscious effort to invoke everything that is implied Mm -hmm. by it. But the decision to exclude it feels almost more radical, more like you can ignore this thing that happened, that, as, as though that isn't the primary engine behind all politics and, and whatever since that moment. So it's very you're, you're – it, it is strange. It's interesting that it gets brought up. It almost has to get brought up because it's a book about architecture in a way. Um, but at the same time – there has to be an intentionality between bringing it up because, sure. because it invokes such strong feelings. I don't know. It's weird.
0: I'm also wondering, like, later toward the middle back, the, the second half of the book, there's the the lesson he sits in on where the woman puts up two blocks side by side. Mm. And it's like, how many Love do you it. see here? And, yeah. the girl, and everybody says two. And she's like, no. And then the girl says three. Like, I wonder yeah. if that has anything to do with, like, are there actually three towers? Because, like, the space in between or not. Like, they, they don't make that parallel. But I'm wondering –
1: yeah, or the space around the Freedom Tower. Now, yeah, it's it's like are are there still you know like like that empty space in the in the skyline yep. still sort of invokes the right. Oh. I wonder what. Again, this this could have benefited from a little bit of research from me, but like I wonder what well, that's not that's not this podcast it's brand. Not, it's not, certainly not my brand. Um, I wonder what David Mazzucchelli's uh uh relationship with architecture is, and and what like. You know, because I'm I, I I am interested in architecture. I taught at a school that had a major architecture, uh, major, major architecture major. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the hard, It was by far the I think the hardest major at the school. Well,
0: friend of the show Desiree uh-huh. is an art. Like she went to school for architecture, decided to become a cook, and then got her certification again. But like she, yeah. that's something that she's passionate about. And also, you did for her i don't know if you ever listened to it but we did a from Bauhaus to our house yeah, yeah that's right bonus episode on the patreon which again don't subscribe to the patreon
1: um the uh yeah i don't know architecture is fascinating to me i, I like i i love it i fucking love los angeles plays itself the i film. mean
0: one of my favorite movies is columbus and that's all about architecture mm-hmm. right in a city where you don't think is like
1: yeah you don't think of the columbus skyline exactly but
0: apparently it's you know
1: yeah that's um, a thing yeah, and, and it's it's especially like this idea of conceptual architecture because it's like you need these enormous spaces to create art and like to create them you need an, or an, an immense amount of funding. It's sort of like, you know, creating a graphic novel sure, and, and at a much, much, much larger scale. But like this idea that like – or any art really that you you create with the idea that it will reach people somehow but like there is a – outside like funding like you're you're not entirely in control of your destiny because there's this like massive uh system that has to support you in order for for whatever you make to be seen
0: were there any chapters in particular or because they're not really chapters but they're kind of chapters like they're segmented by like a like a, a, a sort of a negative negative space splash page like a little sort of subset almost like like there's Don DeLillo covers like it's not like but like I think the end zone cover that I have is like mostly white space like a little football guy in the middle it kind of looks like that are there any like sections or chapters or chains
1: in the no longer human that you that stood out to you all all of the like Willie Ilium stuff stood stood out to me a little bit because it's like that guy is such a rotten piece of shit Mm -hmm. and then he's being used to Maybe to show us that Asterios isn't that bad. But then Asterios like sort of doubles down on being bad by literally never stepping in. to, Even though he hates him. Yep. He he won't like step in to stand up for Hannah at all. Yep. Um, which like you get the sense at first that maybe Hannah doesn't want him to because she seems to enjoy this guy and wants to spend time with him. Mm-hmm. But um, like he's sexually harassing her and and uh, Asterios is like – just lets that stuff go. He's got, so, so it's like a disappointment. Cause he's kind
0: of like you picked him over me.
1: Yeah. It's a disappointing moment for that character. Like, no, right. He, he, she picked him over, over asterious, but it's like, because that's a career opportunity for right. her and something that she needs right. to like grow and become like a human being outside of asterious. And so like, but the views it as a slight because mm-hmm. he's essentially a jealous man.
0: Yeah. There were two that I liked that felt so wildly different, but now thinking about it now kind of makes sense. There's the one, I think it's a shorter one maybe, where it's just Hannah being gross in ways that like every human being is gross. It's oh, like yeah. her clipping her nails and farting. Very like and, rapid fire. Yeah. Like just
1: just a series like of individual one frame. panels. yeah.
0: And that was like, oh, like this is disgusting, but also like totally normal. And then the next one is like him, not like fighting through hell, but like kind of fighting through hell. Mm. And I wonder if there was some kind of like, this is like, you know, because that's also as the relationship is maybe falling apart a little bit, like living with this person is kind of like hell. And then he like goes underground. Like There's like demons and stuff he has to escape from. Yeah, and
1: also that's a reflection of the play that she's working on, with is yeah. which is the Orpheus yes. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's good. It's all like thematically tied together. But yeah, I, I also really like that rapid fire panels of her like clipping her nails and cleaning her ears. and Because
0: mm-hmm. I, I think what works really well about this book as a book as opposed to like not knocking – Serialized things that we've read because like you you have to sort of adhere and subscribe to a medium or whatever like yeah has to be between 24 and 28 or whatever pages whatever you know what I mean but like sometimes a chapter is like six pages and sometimes it's like 30 and sometimes Uh it's like two and like I just it feels right like it feels it's the kind of thing that I've noticed on TV shows that like Netflix could be like whatever you want, and like most shows are still thirty or sixty minutes, for no reason. But it's like there are shows that are like, no, this needs to be like a thirty six minute episode. This to be like a twelve minute, like whatever. Like there's different yeah. shows that like allow the the medium that they're existing within.
1: I want I like I feel I'm of two minds about that because I love the, um, like sort of the artificial boundaries mm-hmm. that like force you to create in different ways. Yep. And then like also I love artistic freedom. Yes. But like I, I love – I, like I think that there is something that we lost when we moved away from the perfectly constructed 23-minute sitcom sure. commercials, um, which is like if you love structure – like, like a three which, act structure. Which, which whatever I, like I I love yeah. I love structure. And I I love structure so much that I love the idea of doing away with structure. <laughs> like yes. like there's right. you know like but there's something so specific about like constructing those beats in such a brilliant way, which is like you know, there are masters of that. James Burroughs is a master of that. Who's James Burroughs? Uh, he did like Cheers This is his, okay, his, okay, his okay. show. Um and and like you know uh any any of the great like sitcom writers yep. um like they They there's such like a system behind that, and and I think the same is true with comic books because it's like you have the thirty page comic that's Mm -hmm. like, you know, twenty something pages with with the commercial breaks and in there, Um, and like when you get rid of that, I think it gives indulgence to, uh, like you end up with more fat.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And and I don't think that this is a fat book. I don't. I don't think that there are. I think the stuff that we've dealt with so far has been only in and, and given us exactly what we wanted. I mean, I'm really, really proud with all these books that we've chosen so far. I think in terms of the
0: like possibility of like there being fat on a thing, I think two things come to mind. Number one, I think we probably talked about it in an earlier episode of the show and I don't remember when, but there was like a variety piece or something or maybe like a Vanity Fair about like how no one wants to write NYPD Blue anymore. They all want to write like some Netflix series, right? Yeah. And there's like the loss of structure and whatever. Right. And I think going back to a conversation we had with Heather in the intro episode, and this might have been when I brought that up, but Scott McCloud is breaking form because he understands form so well. And I yeah. think someone like David Mazzeielli, who is editing, writing, creating, editing, whatever a magazine that like has to hit like a certain number of like pages or whatever for publication, I think only when you have done that and you're able to do that so well, like then you can sort of strain like you can trust in that creator. Yeah, 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 for sure. But if just like some first time. Writers can be like, I can do whatever I want. I do a forty-five page chapter, then a six-page chapter. It's just like, well, you might not, you know what I mean. But I think, yeah, someone who knows not just the medium, but just how to tell a story in a certain number of pages.
1: Yeah, it's. I, I think it's it's interesting because, like, I I would bet, yeah, I would bet anything that the writers of NYPD Blue, or of Law and Order, uh-huh. um, are, to a person, Yeah. incredible, Yeah. um, the same way that like. You know we know this from uh listening to comedy bang bang or whatever and seeing people be hilarious on comedy bang bang and then you watch and then they're like on snl and you're just like this kind of stinks right um but like, or just in
0: any movie too, yeah, yeah,
1: and it's just like you you realize that like those people are maybe not entirely in charge of the product right. that, that comes out, right. in spite of like their immense talent. But like NYPD Blue, I think is probably a great school for a writer yeah. to go to to just be like, you got to hit all these beats, you have to learn how to create exposition that is very clean and mm-hmm. gives all of the information that you need to without being like wildly obvious that you're doing exposition. So like you probably learn all of the real tricks that you need for any kind of storytelling. And then like, like, yeah, maybe like, maybe NYPD, maybe those crime shows or whatever should be like required. Yeah. Like everyone should like go a 100 work, level course. Yeah, Everyone should go work at a crime show for two or three seasons and then you can go out and, and, and work on your own TV show.
0: Like, even a show that is not is no longer in its prime in its, its heyday, like The Simpsons, still has to exist on Fox from, like, 8 to 8.30 oh, or whatever. Yeah. And even if that show is not, like, the funniest, like, you still understand, or what, I, I'm i not there yet. I'm still catching up. Uh, I'm only in season 23 or whatever of 35. Um, so maybe it's hilarious now. I don't know. Brothy's right. Brothy's great. Um, but you still have to know how to hit the structure. And I feel like the point of the thing, like, I don't know if it's true or not, but, like, there's the freedom like you can write a Netflix show and like I want to tell like a story over 10 hours. It's like, yeah, but how about you tell like a 22-minute story and like yeah. see how that goes first? Um, and I think even you know, self-published, like, but still episodic like the seeds is still functioning very specifically within the constraints of like
1: well, a and, book. And that, I mean, we we're talking because uh we're talking to and a little later. How much better of a writer is she because she spent so much time as an editor and editing great writers. Right. So that's like, it feels obvious that Mm -hmm. that, that's like exactly how that stuff happens.
0: Or like you think about like the private eye, which was released digitally, you could have like a 500 page issue and like, they don't like, they know how how to tell a story because they've been working within the comics industry for forever. Right. And so I think, I think there's also like an expectation thing. Like I think, this releasing as a book as opposed to issues. Asterius
1: Polyp, we're talking right. Asterius
0: Polyp. Yeah. yeah, sorry, my hand is on the book, but you can't see that. Um, like if if you were if this was released monthly and yeah. you go and you buy a serious Polyp and there's like a six page issue, you'd be like, what the fuck? Like this like this is what I. Well, it's
1: wanted. also it's also like I said, it it reflects New Yorker comic styles, but it's all it's also like on the the same level is things like drawn and quarterly and mm-hmm. and things like that and all, the, all like the chris ware stuff which is like that's not like you know when i go to uh, 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 zap comics uh, shout out zap comics and win which mm-hmm. which was my local comic store for a long time it's a different audience than than this this is not the type of you don't buy this book at a comic store really right. i don't think you buy, you know, Daredevil at a, at a comic store yes. or Green Lantern, which is fine. I mean, that's what that's for. But this is like a different crowd. Um now that's not to say that there's not any crossover between the crowds. Obviously there are. I love both, you love both, uh, I'm sure Heather loves both. There's like, you know, it's 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 like a very broad thing. But it's all it's like this is like a, a library book or a
0: well, this feels like the kind of book that like people like I don't really read comics, but I read this, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. It, it
1: gives, right, it's, it's, it's that thing that it's like, this is uh, a comic for quote-unquote adults, yeah. and it gives you an excuse to indulge in a thing because it's like intellectual, stuff isn't blowing up, people aren't mm-hmm. fighting, nobody has superpowers. Um, but it's still using that sequential art uh, to tell a story that ultimately is is very human.
0: Yeah, love it. Yeah. Any other thoughts about... Asterios Polyp or should we read eggs email?
1: Uh we can let's let's do the eggs
0: email. So we have an email address, lottery at cageclub.me. If you want to email about this book, any book, you know the deal by now. Meg's reaction to Asterios Polyp. I really enjoyed this novel. I like that it was an architect book, architect in quotes. I felt like Asterios has quipped that, and I can't find the exact quote right now. Anything not functional was decorative. Nothing of this novel felt decorative. Even yeah. the negative spaces of the novel were acknowledged by having the narrator of the novel be Asterios's dead twin. I liked that the structure of the characters' thought bubbles and physical structure paralleled what their internal personalities were. I thought it was interesting that Asterios's growth came when he pivoted from Greek mythology to Norse. Okay. In Norse mythology, Odin gouged out his own eye to gain knowledge. Asterios only gained self-awareness once losing his eye in the accident. Although we talked about earlier, like, I think he, he, he definitely grows before that, like, with the treehouse and stuff like that. But But also, good point. All in all, Egg writes a great novel, and I'd like to read more by Mazuchelli. Well, you can read the, the the magazine that he published.
1: So I don't, I'm, that, the Greek and Norse stuff sort of is over my head. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
0: I know Greek stuff, but, like, I don't know. I don't know Norse like at all. I guess Ragnarok. We'll get to Ragnarok. Like that's sure that's will. definitely Norse, but yeah. I, mean, I know because I feel like Greek is like the thing people learn.
1: I'm reading teaching Antigone right now and teaching the Odyssey both into different classes. So yeah, Greek is definitely like the the thing mm-hmm. like, that taught to kids.
0: Like there's like video games based stuff on Greek mythology all the time. Yeah. Other books adapt well, on the Greek.
1: Marvel has given us Norse mythology in a big way. Uh if With not, Thor, right? If, if not necessarily an accurate way. Yeah. Thor, Odin, Loki. I think it's – I mean it's all
0: archetypal, right? Like it would just – you'd have to know whatever. But yes. Yeah. Do you want to talk at all about – and I can cut this out if you don't want to. You, you, So this was a book that you picked. Yes. And you
1: picked because you had heard or something that it might be – Like Thomas Pinchon-esque. Right? Yeah. But it's not. I'm not really sure what that means but in, it's, in, 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 in this concept because when I think of Pinchon, I think of um, – difficult it's definitely about structures mm-hmm. right like because he's an engineer and he's Ar- architecture right and he's like, like physical
0: structure not like not yeah, literary structure, mean, like physical structure yeah but
1: he's like a uh like a rocket engineer guy. okay like yep. he was he was in the uh army to like work on rockets and mm-hmm. things and his stuff is about like the a conspiracy of systems right it's about paranoia and all that stuff and i don't i thematically it doesn't really cross over i like the only thing that i can think of is that someone is so wherever I read that description, that person was reaching for a more adult audience to say this isn't really like a comic book. It has more in common with literature, which is to say it uses gotcha. it uses uh, you know high art symbolism and things like and that. And people don't have superpowers. And people don't have superpowers. And it's like a guy dealing with emotions through this metaphor of structures. Uh, I don't. But other than that, the the connection fails me.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We, I mean, you weren't disappointed though. That, no, like, no,
1: it, I, I, uh, no, I, I, no, I, I love this. This.
0: Were you familiar at all with other work of his, or you just seem no. like
1: someone? I just like when, when looking to construct this, this module, I was, I looked everywhere. Sure. Um, and this like came up a couple times on lists, and I was like, yeah, that sounds good. I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Cool. It'll, it'll be. You know something that is foreign to to us, and and you know I was not disappointed with
0: it. Once again, success rate continues.
1: Yeah, we have a one hundred percent success rate this this time around, right? Insane. Never happened before.
0: That we have all we have both liked all seven books so far. Yeah, that's wild.
1: That is wild, and
0: I, I think we're both gonna like Kingdom Come. I think. I mean, I yeah, I know. I that know I like that you do. You like Prison Pit. I think I'll probably like Prison Pit. I might I,
1: I might not. Prison Pit is the is the wild swing here that And could, then I think I think we'll both like Ragnarok. Yeah. But Pri- Prison Pit is the one that could derail everything. Mhm.
0: Mhm. Interesting. Yeah. Keep reading. Well, before I get there, adapt Could this be adapted? I think it could be adapted. Yeah, sure.
1: Uh I would I would adapt it with a lot of blank spaces and uh, maybe even it would be animated and and have it be like
0: Do you have a voice or an actor in mind for Osiris?
1: Oh, uh Let's see. How
0: old would you say Asterius is? Well, he always kind of looks the same, right? Even as he goes back in time, he always looks the same. Yeah. But I guess modern maybe he's like 60?
1: Maybe someone like Jeremy Irons. Sure. That works. Yeah. Keep reading. Um, what crime? What crime? What crime?
0: Coloring outside the lines?
1: Oh, not a crime. Encouraged. One should color mm. outside the lines. Mm. Um. Mm. Hmm, yeah, what crime? What crime? What crime? Uh why not have it be uh why not why not just you know your your everyday uh vandalism via graffiti ooh a real graffito yeah.